Afternoon, everybody. Hey, Quick on the Quick Takes podcast. Uh, just a reminder, you guys can reach my podcast on Apple Music, Spotify, and the Anchor app. Uh, man, what an interesting weekend we had uh, this past weekend from college football to the NFL to the MLB. Uh, upsets to surprises to just about everything you know, uh, over the last few days. So uh, let's get into it from the uh, college football standpoint. There was a big upset in the college football world Saturday night. Number one Alabama going down to Texas A&M. Uh, that was one heck of a game, I thought. Uh, really interesting all the way through. Uh, just the way that, you know, over the past couple of years, Alabama's been so dominant in college football, you know. They just don't lose these these games. They're pretty much undefeated until the playoff nearly every single year, and uh, that's not going to happen this year. Uh, I would imagine if I had to take a wild guess that they'll still get in because I don't see them losing another game this year. But, hey, nobody saw them uh, losing this game on the road against an unranked 3-2 and two Texas A&M team. But Jimbo Fisher, he always gets those guys prepped up. And uh, what a game it was, 41-38 Texas A&M. Alabama's defense, uh, ever since they've uh, went more into the spread offense over the last couple of years, that defense has really gotten – you know, it's Alabama. They have the marquee players. They have the five and high four-star recruits across the board. But, you know, ever since it's gone to a shotgun's more spread-like offense, you got to remember in practice that's what those guys are, are going up against, uh, you know, all week long instead of the hard-nosed smash-mouth football that Alabama was, uh, you know, that's what they'd had over the last, you know, decade upon decade until a couple years back, you know, as football has – you know, changed over time, especially in college, you know, college, even transitioning into the NFL, you got newer quarterbacks here in the NFL over the last couple of years, the Lamar Jacksons, the Kyler Murrays, you know, those guys, they can run, you know, they're, they're constantly out of the shotgun. Trevor Lawrence, you know, uh, I heard the other day, they're like, he was only under center at Clemson, like 2.2% 2.2% of the time. That's just insane. So just this new generation of talent, you know, they're running these spread offenses and it, that makes it easier on the defenses and practice. Uh, but, you know, Bryce Young, I wouldn't say with the game he had on Saturday, did his Heisman, uh, you know, votes, are those going to go away? I doubt it. The guy threw for almost 400 yards, three touchdowns. Yeah, he did have a pick, but I mean, that that's not going to go away anytime soon. But just what an upset, you know. I would have never predicted them losing to a Texas A&M, Texas A&M team uh, on the road, you know. Heck, I had a parlay with Alabama in it on Saturday. They were 18-point favorites. I was like, oh, yeah, no big deal. No disrespect to Texas A&M, you know, whatsoever, but. Alabama just crushes SEC opponents all year long, unless it's, you know, the occasional Auburn, Florida, you know, Georgia, those type of teams. But, you know, Texas A&M and, and uh, lower lower teams in the uh, SEC, they usually handle them pretty, pretty promptly. It's usually, a, you know, 20 to 30 point Alabama win. But uh, 
Not on Saturday. That was not the case. Uh, new college football rankings came out yesterday. They got Georgia at number one. No surprise there. They've won in dominant fashion nearly every game since week one. Uh, Iowa at two. Uh, knocking off Penn State uh, in a ranked matchup, a top five matchup on Saturday. That was probably the second best game of the weekend, in my opinion. I was really impressing a lot of people this year. Uh, Cincinnati's all the way up to uh, number three in the nation. They're five and zero. Oklahoma at six and zero. Pretty gutsy call there by Lincoln Riley, taking uh, Spencer Rattler out of the game and uh, and going with the new kid. You know, uh, he came in made a huge impact on the game. Uh, Texas was up 28-7 to at, at one point in the early second quarter of that game. And, uh, you know, same scenario where they're, they're chanting, you know, they want the new freshman five-star um, quarterback. And, and that's what they got. Lincoln Riley made the move. He said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make the move. I'm, I'm going to put Caleb Williams in the game. And he lit it up for the amount of time he's in there throwing for 212 yards to two touchdowns. You know, that was exactly what they needed. And as anybody that watches the Big 12 can see, there's never really a lot of defense. Oklahoma won the Red River rivalry game 55-48. But, man, did he bring them back. And it was like a whole new energy when uh, Caleb came into the game. They were just chanting, Caleb, we want Caleb, you know, stuff like that. And. Man, uh, what a game that was, especially to kick off the day. Um, you know, another big game uh, on Saturday was Old Miss and uh, Arkansas, 52-51. Pretty high-scoring game for the SEC. But, man, was that just an offensive showing. Uh, two good teams there. Uh, on to the um, MLB. There was... Um, a lot of divisional round matchups, uh, still some still going on, and some over. Boston just moved on last night in a game four win over the Rays. Um, controversy there on uh, what would that have been? Um, I think it was uh, Sunday's game. That was there was the ball in. Um, the 13th inning that Kevin Kiermeyer hit to right field, it bounced off the ground, I think, and then bounced onto Hunter Renfro and over the fence, or hit Hunter Renfro and hopped over the fence. Uh, a lot of people said, and I thought in the video, that he was rounding third, but they made him stay at third base. Uh, that run didn't score. That would have gave the Rays a 5-4 lead in the top of the 13th inning. That run didn't count. Uh, and then... Uh, Christian Vasquez walks it off in the uh, bottom of the 13th inning. Uh, saw a lot of articles that said, you know, this will be something that's talked about forever. It won't be forgotten. And then uh, actually last night, Kike Hernandez walks it off in the bottom of the ninth on a sack fly with one out. And the uh, Red Sox are headed to the ALCS with the winner of the Houston Astro uh, Chicago White Sox game here. That's actually going on currently as we speak. And the Astros are up five to one in the bottom of the fourth. Um, Astros, I don't know if anybody in the MLB is going to be able to stop that um, offense, including my Dodgers, who are down to uh, down 2-1 right now. Uh, Walker Buehler on the mound tonight on short rest. Um, he, uh, he pitched game one, uh, gave up a two-run bomb in the first uh, Friday night, 
to Buster Posey. Dodgers couldn't score any runs, lost four four nothing. And then Saturday night, uh, Julio Rios was on the mound. Dodgers got the Giants, clobbered the Giants nine to two. And then uh, last night's game, really windy game, uh, one run game, one nothing off an Evan Longoria bomb off Max Scherzer in the sixth inning. And that was all she wrote. Dodgers in two or three games here in the NLDS, uh, they've gone scoreless. So I'm sure tonight they'll, you know, shoot their wad again, and be like 10 to one, and then uh, go to San Francisco on Thursday and, and score nothing for the third time this series. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Don't want that to happen. But I do feel good about forcing a game five. I don't know what direction the Dodgers will go. I would imagine Julio Rios again, the game two starter on short rest. But Dodgers got to worry about uh, winning tonight's game. But with Walker Bueller, that always gives you a chance. That's a really good pitcher right there. Uh, Brewers and the Braves. Uh, that's been a pretty good series. Um, the uh, Brewers took um, game one in Milwaukee, two to one. And uh, then the Braves come back on Saturday. Uh, they beat the Brewers three, nothing. And then uh, last night, game three, uh, now in Atlanta, another three, nothing win for the uh, Braves. So now the Brewers looking as the higher seed, looking to uh, force a game five back in Milwaukee tonight. Uh, Pretty good pitcher on the mound for the Braves, the veteran Charlie Morton. That's going to be a difficult one for the Brewers. They're looking to, to close it out as in the Braves. Uh, Eric Lauder on the mound uh, for Milwaukee. I would imagine they're wanting Corbin Burns in game five, but uh, if they start trailing in that game, they'll immediately have to get him up on short rest. Um, but, uh, yeah, looks like uh don't want to jump to conclusion the other night the astros got up big too but i would imagine they'll be moving on today i i figured houston would uh sweep the white Sox. actually uh i just don't know if anybody in the uh national league when the astros my prediction reached the world series i don't think anybody's going to be able to stop that offense and if they can i would say it's the dodgers but I mean, the dodgers are down 2-1 right now um simply for not being able to score any runs. I mean, you're not ever going to convince me, and I it's probably home biased, and that's fine. You're not going to convince me, even if the Giants won tonight, that the Giants are better than the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers are currently beating themselves, uh, but that's just my personal preference. Uh, I think the two best team in baseball, I called it before the season started, Houston, they've got the best offense, best pitching in the American League, and, and the Dodgers, they have the best pitching and the best offense in the National League. So I would love to see a 2017 rematch, you know, especially with all the drama of the Astros cheating and blah, blah, blah. You know, I think that honestly gets blown out of proportion. There were other teams that got caught cheating too, as in the Yankees and the Red Sox. But, you know, you can't destroy those franchises' names. So that just gets thrown under the rug, of course. We'll just blame it all on Houston, you know, whatever. Not saying I love the Astros, but at the same time, let's get over that. That's a good baseball team. They don't have to cheat to win, and it's been proven. So, um, But now into my favorite talk topic let's talk about the uh week five nfl games you know uh another good week of football as usual um just uh you know this year the one thing i like about this year is thus far through the first five weeks and maybe you know as the weeks go on there'll be teams that pull away in the divisions and whatnot but in my eyes there's not one dominant team in the AFC or NFC where I'm going, oh, well, 
absolutely that team's going to reach the Super Bowl, no doubt about it. No, there's about three or four on each side that it's like they're pretty neck and neck, um, you know. So Thursday night's game uh, between the Rams and the Seahawks uh, was hoping, not that that was a bad game by any means, but was hoping for that to be a lot better. I'll tell you the number one thing that stood out to me in that game, Geno Smith being able to come in off the bench with uh, Russell Wilson's broken finger. And I think he completed like 12 or 15 passes for over 100 yards and a touchdown. I mean, coming straight off the bench, that's a guy that hasn't started for in this league for three to four years. Uh, you know, he used to be the quarterback for the Jets there for a couple years, and now he's flowing around as a backup. That's a good quality backup. I think the Seahawks will be able to win some games with him. But uh, Stafford lit up the stat sheet last Thursday night for 365 yards. Only had one touchdown. But, um, you know, he was slinging it as Stafford does. That's one of the best gunslingers there is. Uh, Russell Wilson, they're saying he could be out six to eight weeks with that finger injury, uh, you know, as I just complimented Geno Smith, yes, one of the best backups in the league, but we also have to remember he is a backup quarterback in this league, and I think that kind of ends Seattle season. Um, I don't know if Pete Carroll will be able to pull through this without Russell Wilson, the leader, the best player on that team. You know, Russell Wilson, top three to five quarterback in the NFL. Uh, you don't have a quarterback in this league. You're not going anywhere. And Seattle's defense is not very good this year. They have a great offense, but without Russell Wilson, is that uh, offense going to be able to piece it together? Uh, I guess we'll see. Um, you know, that's the toughest division in all the football, in my opinion. Uh, I just don't see with Geno Smith at the helm, them being able to beat Arizona, the Rams, the Niners. I, I just don't see that happening. Um on to Sunday, the uh, London game, pretty brutal uh, between the Jets and the Falcons. That's two bottom five teams in the NFL. Uh, the Falcons ended up winning that game 27-20. Uh, Matt Ryan had his best game of the year, 342 yards and two touchdowns. Um, I want to say this, you know, not trying to sound like an ass. You know, this kid is a rookie. He's played five games, but... I truthfully believe Zach Wilson might be one of the biggest busts in NFL history. Uh, I think there was only, you know, one group of people that were saying, oh, yeah, the Jets should definitely lock in Zach Wilson, taking him in the number two, number two pick back in April. And that was the Jets organization. Um, I think just about anybody else would have liked to have Trey Lance, Mac Jones. Uh, they talked Justin Fields early on before the Zach Wilson hype came to be. And, that kid, not trying to you know take shots at him or anything, but it just doesn't look like he has it. He he wants to be the pretty boy. He wants to be the star. He wants to look good doing it, but he hasn't played a good game yet. And I know it's only five games into his NFL career, but he just he doesn't make the simple passes. He he can't hit slant routes. You know, he, I saw him overthrow a screen on Sunday. It's just like yeah, other quarterbacks do that, but. When you're playing the way you play, you know, it's like he wants to be the next Patrick Mahomes with these throws, and he's nowhere even close to, to being a guy of Patrick Mahomes' caliber. You know, it's just 
I don't know. I think the Jets made a real mistake drafting Zach Wilson. And and for his sake, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I come back in and, and a couple of months and I'm saying, you know, man, this I was wrong. This kid, he might be legit. He might take the Jets somewhere here in a couple of years. But I, I just don't see it out of, out of Zach Wilson. He looks to be the worst quarterback out of the bunch between him, Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance. I would definitely say that he's the worst out of the bunch. And for the Jets, that sucks because over the last uh, couple of years, they've been a pretty poverty, bottom-of-the-barrel franchise. Um, the Packers and the Bengals. Uh, talk about kicking woes. That's what that's what that game was. Um, Mason Crosby missing three field, field goals. Uh, the Bengals kicker, I think, uh, what's his name? Evan McPherson from Florida. I should know that. Florida, former Florida Gator. Go Gators. Um, pretty good game. Uh, I had the Packers in the spread. Uh, I missed that one. Uh, it was the Packers. Packers by three, and they ended up ultimately winning the game in overtime 25-22. So that would have been a push, and that have counted. But, um, yeah, just uh, another day of an elite young quarterback in Joe Burrow having another good game almost 300 yards two touchdowns did throw a really bad interception the other one wasn't his fault but uh you know it comes down to it you're not gonna outshine Aaron Rodgers you know this Bengals team they have some promise they have some hope here over the next couple years I think they've turned the corner this year but not fully um you know Bengals had a chance to win that game Evan McPherson actually uh late late in the game, thought that he made the field goal, that his kick actually above the goalpost hit the flags that was swaying left, which would have been outside of the uh, goalpost. He thought he made it, and along with a couple of his linemen, and then you just see, like, his face drop, and it's like, oh, yep, he missed it. Um, Mason Crosby finally got it done after missing those three field goals. The Packers won it 25-22. Now to my pathetic team, the Vikings. (laughs) Blew a 16-6 lead late in the fourth quarter with a uh, 46-yard field goal from Greg Greg Joseph that ended up being short. It just didn't have the leg. Watching that, all you can do is shake your head. And then uh, with the Vikings trying to run the clock out with about three minutes left in the ballgame, up seven points, Alexander Madison fighting for extra yards, and he fumbles the football. Um, just two inexcusable mistakes shouldn't happen. Game should have never been that close. And Detroit gets the uh, ball back, and they score a touchdown. Actually, end up going for two and converting with less than a minute to go. Giants or not the Giants? Lions take the lead over the Vikings, seventeen sixteen. Kirk Cousins gets the Vikings down the field for a fifty-four yard Greg Joseph field goal as time expires. Uh, Gi- uh, I keep saying Giants. I mean the Lions. Just another devastating defeat for them. Uh, actually, their um, head coach, um, what's his name? Dan Campbell, um, balling in the post-game interview. Just so upset, uh, trying to hold back tears that this Lions team, it's like they come up short every single week. I, I'm at the point where I feel bad for the Lions. They come back week one on the 49ers after being down like 24 points and end up losing that game by eight. Uh, they play the Lions or they play the Packers week two, have the lead at halftime, don't score in the second half. And then uh, week three, the 66 yard uh, Justin Tucker field goal. I mean, 
that gets them to 0-3. Play the Bears last week. Uh, had a chance there late in the game to come back. Couldn't quite do it. And then ultimately could have, maybe should have beat the Vikings and, you know, lose on another last-second field goal. I mean, that's just – I'm sure it's frustrating as a coach. The Lions might have the worst wa- the the worst roster in all of the NFL. But, man, you can tell and I can tell um, – Watching that game on Sunday, that 0-1-4 team, they, they play for Dan Campbell. They they fight hard. They're, you know, they believe in him. He might be weird when it comes to interviews. He might say some interesting stuff like chewing people's kneecaps off <laughs> earlier on in the uh, season before the game started uh, there in the off season. But Dan Campbell, I, I think he'll work out there, and I hope they give him a chance to stay there for multiple years because I think at some point he could have the you know Lions as a nine ten win team, but he's got to he's got to have a chance to build something there, and it's going to take three or four years. So uh, yeah, and last thing on the Vikings, they're not going anywhere. They'll be lucky to win six games this year. Um, I like Mike Zimmer but his time's over in Minnesota. They're going to be moving on from him after the season unless somehow the Vikings completely turn around and make the playoffs, which that's not going to happen. They have too hard of a schedule. They're not as good as a lot of the teams they play. Um, You know, I wouldn't be surprised if the only teams they beat would be the Bears once and the Lions again. (laughs) Other than that, the Vikings have games coming up with uh, the Niners. They have the Panthers next week. You got the Packers. You got the Chargers. Um, you know, a lot of tough games, Baltimore, the Steelers, um, the Rams, you telling me the Vikings are better than any of those teams. No, I, I don't think so. The Vikings have a great offense. They have an inconsistent defense and their offense is inconsistent at times. Um, Clint Kubiak, which is Gary Kubiak's son, uh, play caller for the Vikings. He's terrible running the ball constantly on, you know, it gets old running the ball on second and nine, second and eight, second and ten. It's like why, why is it always a run on first and second down? I understand you have an elite back in Dalvin Cook. He's been banged up this year. Alexander Madison's one of the top backups in the league. But why are we constantly waiting till third down to throw the ball? I, I just don't understand it. Um, but you know that's a story for another day. The Vikings aren't going anywhere, and you know maybe I'm just irritated with them, but I think I'm just I've watched this long enough with them. Uh, I've watched it since a young young age in the Vikings, and they just they're never going anywhere unless they get some new up and coming head coach in there. Mike Zimmer, he's got to go. His staff's got to go. I like the young core of players we have. I like the defense, you know, but. Coaching wise, they need to start over, and until they do that, nothing, nothing positive is going to happen for the Vikings. Um, on to the Broncos and Steelers. Uh, Big Ben finally, even though I think he's washed up, he had a solid game. Uh, Fifteen for twenty-five, two fifty-three, and two touchdowns. But at the end of the day, he still looks like a fifty-five-year-old man back there jogging all over the place, running away with that terrible offensive line. Although they did not play too bad uh, on Sunday against Denver, which is surprising. Denver with a top five defense in the NFL. Uh, the Steelers stepped up to the plate, and I think a lot of that and credit is to Mike Tomlin. That's a top three coach in this league, along with, in my opinion, uh, Bill Belichick and Andy Reid. Sean McVay's up there. Um, but, you know, Mike Tomlin – 
Aaron Rodgers said it last week. That's a player's coach. Uh, you know, he gets those guys to play for him. Uh, if I had to uh, – right now, with the ages of these coaches, if I could pick one coach for my team in the Vikings, it would be Mike Tomlin. Any coach in the NFL, him or Sean McVay, but I'd take Mike Tomlin with the experience over Sean McVay right now. Uh so you never know. Steelers are two and three. They're in a tough division with Baltimore, um, Cincinnati, and um, Cleveland. But would I be surprised if somehow the Steelers managed to go eleven and six with Mike Tomlin as their head coach? No, I wouldn't. Do I expect it? No, I think they're going to finish third in the division behind Cleveland and, and Baltimore. But uh, you know, I, I'd never be surprised with a team like Pittsburgh. Uh, Mike Tomlin. And his tenure there of, I think, 15 years now, he's never had a team that's been under 500. That's pretty damn impressive. As for Denver, you know, starting 3-0, and uh, beating a bunch of teams with a combined record of 0-9 at that point. They've now lost two games straight. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater got respect for him, a former Vikings quarterback, but that's a game manager. I mean, come on. Teddy Bridgewater's not going to take you on a deep playoff run. Uh, Denver's going to have to move off of him next year, the year after that. Um, wouldn't be surprised to see Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, him leaving the offseason, ending up in one of these two teams. Uh, I think the three top options would be the Steelers, the Broncos, and the Saints for Aaron Rodgers to land. So uh, either of these teams with their quarterbacks on the back end of their careers, uh, Aaron Rodgers would be a pretty good fit for them come next year. Um, Bucks and the Dolphins, not going to say much about that other than the goat doing goat things. You know, the guy's 44 years old and Tom Brady passing for 411 yards and five touchdowns. That's the first, um, over 400 yard, five touchdown game for him in his career. And he's 44 years old. I mean, does the guy ever age? He's the greatest quarterback we've ever seen. And honestly, I think you could split his career up into two separate careers and call him the first and second best quarterbacks ever. I mean, the guy's just that talented. He's got the stats to prove it. Tom Brady, 44 years old out there looking like he's 25. Uh, as for the Dolphins, you know, it's supposed to be good this year. Then <laughs> they're not. Sorry. Uh, Tua went down. Tua is a mistake. They should have drafted Herbert. Obviously that's easy to say now, but, uh, if I'm the Dolphins, I'm telling you all I'm looking at is if Deshaun Watson can clear his name, I don't know what's going to happen with that. Uh, prove his innocence. The Dolphins need to trade for Deshaun Watson. And if they want four first-round picks and Tua, you give them four first-round picks and Tua because the Dolphins, Brian Flores is a good coach. They don't have a bad defense, but they've got to do something on the offensive side of the ball. And personally, I think that answer could be Deshaun Watson. Uh, the Saints in Washington. Um, I actually picked Washington plus two and a half, and I was dead wrong on that. Uh, Sean, uh, Sean, uh, brain fart here. Sean Payton, uh, he's never had uh, historically bad games off losses, and I should have should have thought that out better. The Saints, thirty three twenty two over Washington in Washington. Man, one of the biggest disappointments in this NFL season this far, I think, has been the Washington football team's defense. That front seven, arguably, is one of the best in football, and their defense ranks 29th through the first five weeks. I mean, just putrid. 
I don't, I don't know what's going on there. Ron Rivera's always got a good defense. That's one of the top 10 coaches in the NFL. But ever since Fitzpatrick's went, went down, it's like the wind just went straight out of that locker room. And I'm not too sure what's going on there, but uh, Jameis Winston, good day for the saints. Uh, four touchdowns, almost 300 yards. Uh, Alvin Kamara doing his thing. You know, that's a top three running back in football. Not much more you can say there. And, uh, Personally, you know, the, the Saints, they're going to get Michael Thomas back in week seven. Uh, that's a sleeper playoff team right there. They're three and two right now. I know Jameis Winston's not the answer fran- franchise-wise there. Just brought up Aaron Rodgers for them. But he can get those. He can get that team to the playoffs. There's no doubt about it. Saints have a good defense. And when they get Michael Thomas back, I'm sure their uh, offense will be back to clicking on all cylinders. So um, on to the Eagles and the Panthers. Uh, man. Panthers back-to-back weeks. Uh, I personally thought that they were on the verge of being a legit, you know, contender and running away with that division. Um, but it's not looking like it. You know, here the Saints are tied with them in the division right now. Um, Sam Darnold, not a good day for him. Uh, 177 yards, a touchdown, three picks. It's like he's back back playing for the Jets this past Sunday. Uh, not a not a great game there for Darnold. Although Hertz didn't have much better of a day, uh, one ninety eight through the air and a pick. Um, that was just a pretty pretty boring game to watch. I turned it on a couple times. Uh, Hertz ended up running in for two TDs, but they they came back uh, trailing by double digits uh, on the road in Carolina. And uh, Matt Rule's a good coach, but I don't know if Sam Darnold's going to be the answer for him there at quarterback. Um, obviously, in the offseason, uh, you heard the Panthers. They were in on Matthew Stafford, uh, didn't get him. Uh, Sam Darnold being their second option. Uh, I don't think Sam Darnold's a bad quarterback, but Sam Darnold's not a top 15 quarterback either. Uh, and if he is, he's in the very – he's 15th. Um, you know, the Carolina, they got a good defense, and they've built that over the last couple drafts. But that offensive line is one of the worst, probably bottom five offensive lines in all of football. And with not having Christian McCaffrey to open up the offense, you know, uh, Chuba Hubbard had 24 carries, 101 yards. You know, not a bad day on the ground. But as we all know, anybody with a brain knows he's not Christian McCaffrey. And until he's back, that, that Panthers uh, team's going to struggle to win football games. Uh, the Titans and the Jags, not going to say much about this, 37-19. Uh, that was pretty uh, just the Jacksonville situation with Urban Meyer. That's an absolute wreck. Um, I'm starting to wonder, you know, I'm an Urban Meyer fan. Uh, I don't always agree, agree with all the situations he's made throughout his career. But, uh, you know, being a Florida Gator football fan, uh, always watching Ohio State, the Big Ten, because they're contenders every year. I, I always liked Urban Meyer from a football coach standpoint, but I'd be surprised if he makes it through the year. Um, if he's not out of there by, like, week 10, I honestly would be shocked. Uh, the NFL is not working out for him. I think he needs to go back to college. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets the USC job that's vacant currently. Um, and honestly, if he never coached in football again, I wouldn't be that shocked either. Maybe go back to uh, – the Fox pregame show on Saturday mornings, and that might be better fit for Urban. Um, Tennessee, you know, Derrick Henry handled it on the ground. Uh, hard to believe he had 29 carries. They just work, work, and work, and work him. And 
And honestly, it's great. He's a huge running back. I think he's the best uh, power runner in, in football right now. That seems to be pretty obvious. But I just don't want them to work Derrick Henry to death. I, I really hope that injuries don't become an issue for him. They haven't been, you know, thus far in his career. He's 27. But I worry as, you know, he gets he gets into his far upper 20s and, and 30, 31, that uh, his knees are going to start giving out on him, getting – I mean, I think he's averaging like 27 carries a game through five weeks this year, and he's had two games with over 30 carries. Uh, that'll beat you up. Uh, yeah, 29 carries, 130 yards, three touchdowns. No surprise there. Derrick Henry, you know, best power runner in football. Um, on to the next game. We had the uh, Patriots who got down big to the Texans. It was, uh, I think, 22-9 to at one point. Big surprise there on the road in Houston, but uh, – Patriots fought back, got a 25-22 victory. Uh, Mac Jones, uh, 231, touchdown and a pick. Uh, Davis Mills, pretty surprising game from him. 21 for 29, 312, and three touchdowns from the rookie from Stanford. Um, you know, maybe showing some promise there. Nobody really talking about him, but he was that sixth quarterback. Uh other than the first five that I listed off earlier, and, you know, not a bad game for him. Patriots have a pretty solid defense. That's a borderline top ten defense, you know, probably eight, ninth, tenth ranked. Um, you know, not a bad day for him. Davis Mills uh, hooking up with his wide receiver, Chris Moore, for um, five receptions, 109 yards, and a touchdown. Um, Texans, yeah, they're a bad football team. They're a bottom five football team. But, you know, maybe Davis Mills uh, showing him something, showing him something for the future there. Uh, I know the Patriots will be back to being themselves here once Mac Jones gets adjusted. Um, the one thing the Patriots need if they're going to make the playoffs this year, which they'll be close, that, that sixth and seventh team in the AFC uh, wild card race-wise, that's going to be uh, close as it gets uh, past Thanksgiving towards the second half of the year there in, in the end. Um, you know, Mac Jones, he's the most NFL-ready quarterback, but is he going to be the best out of the bunch? I doubt it. Um, but that offensive line, they have got to find a way to block for these running backs, and these running backs have just got to stop giving the football away. Every running back on that roster currently, uh, including the practice squad, has a fumble this year, and, and that's just you, you got to secure the football. Um, the Bears and the Raiders. Uh, this one was kind of a shocker to me, not necessarily because of all things going on with John Gruden, but I figured, you know, the way Derek Carr had been playing, that defense hadn't been playing bad. I, I thought they'd handle the Bears, uh, you know, very easily, but they didn't. Uh, Justin Fields, um, you know, not throwing the ball too much, 12 for 20, 111 yards, and uh, throws a touchdown, uh, first career touchdown pass. Uh, but the story of the game was the Bears' defense just dominating uh, there in Vegas. Uh, Derek Carr, you know, first couple games of the season, had almost 400 yards every single game, led the uh, NFL for the, for, through the first three weeks in passing. Uh, he only had a 206 yards, didn't throw one touchdown, threw a pick, actually. Uh, Bears' defense just uh, completely dominated that game uh, from the first quarter on, and – you know, you're gonna you're not gonna win football teams when you can't score on offense and end up with three field goals like uh the Raiders did and you know the Bears. That defense keeps playing like they did. 
did last year and two years ago, and you know they proved their top five defense in the NFL. I think the Bears could possibly reach the wild card game in the NFC, but it's going to depend on the quarterback play. If Justin Fields can be a game manager, be consistent, uh, be a better version of Mitchell Trubisky, Matt Nagy got Mitchell Trubisky to the playoffs twice in three years. Uh, so who's to say the Bears can't make the playoffs? Um, you know, I don't think they're a good football team, but they're there between average and good right now. And we'll see as the season progresses, you know, what happens with the Bears. Uh, one thing I will say that I think is pretty funny is uh, when they were sitting here two weeks ago at one and two, Matt Nagy needed to be fired, which I don't necessarily disagree with. I, I, I don't care. I don't like the Bears. I can't stand the Bears, and I can't stand most of their fans. But Matt Nagy had to go. And, you know, Justin Fields, after that game with one net passing yard, oh, no, he's not going to be the answer. Another flop at quarterback. Andy Dalton sucks, but we might as well get him back in there to protect him. Well, now they've won two straight, and they're going to have a chance to make the playoffs this year. And who knows, Bear fans might think that uh, Chicago's going to end up in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised there. Um, on to what I thought was the best game of the week between the Chargers and the Browns. Chargers went at 47-42. I mean, as you can see, not a whole lot of defense. Um, you know, I don't want to rant and rave about it the entire time, but Justin Herbert, that guy, I've said it before and I'll continue to say it. Two years from now, he's going to be called the best quarterback in all of football. Uh, this guy is Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning, whatever. All of it put together. He passes for 400 yards and four touchdowns on the day. Uh, Mike Williams, eight receptions, 165, two touchdowns. And, you know, Baker, he didn't have a bad game. But at the end of the day, look at it again. He's coming up short. I, I'm sorry, but... You know, he passed for 305, two touchdowns, whatever. He gets carried by that run game, and if he doesn't have that run game, the Browns don't have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt to carry the load there. This team isn't even a playoff team. I'm sorry. Their defense is solid, not on Sunday. It wasn't against the Chargers, but, hey, who's been able to stop Justin Herbert so far? Not really any teams. The one loss at Dallas, you know, he didn't have a bad game there either, but, you know, Dallas is a good football team. We'll talk about them later. But, you know, as I pointed out, Baker coming up on the short end of the leash yet again. At what point is this kid going to start coming through in big spots? You know, when you think um, Baker Mayfield, three minutes to go, fourth quarter down four points, uh, you having a lot of confidence in him to take the Browns down the field? I don't think so because they don't have time to run the ball and he can't just throw screen slant routes. OBJ, he's going to be out the door there in Cleveland. Cleveland, I wouldn't be surprised if he got traded at the deadline. I don't think he's too happy with Baker Mayfield. Uh, you know, Beckham, a, a talented receiver, and Baker can't really seem to get him the ball. He had four fantasy points on Sunday, uh, one of the lowest totals of his career. Uh Giants at the Cowboys, uh, pure domination. Daniel Jones out with a concussion. Excuse me. Um, Saquon Barkley rolls his ankle and ended up the size of a softball. Just sad uh, 
story there for Saquon. You know, that guy just can't seem to stay healthy. Uh, the initial diagnosis, the x-rays came back negative, saying he'll be out two to three weeks. But, man, it'd be nice if you could just watch that guy with, one, a good offensive line, and, two, just stay healthy the entire year. Heck, you know, put that guy on the Chiefs, please. You know, I understand the Chiefs are two and three, but uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is not the future running back there. I can tell you that right now. I don't think he's pan out to what they thought he'd be. Uh, just read a report this afternoon, actually, Chiefs looking at acquiring Marlon Mack, who's been on the trade block for the Colts since week one uh, from Indianapolis. That'd be an interesting uh, situation there. I can see even with Hilaire Healthy, who went out with an injury on uh, Sunday night's game, I can see Marlon Mack taking over as the lead back in that backfield, uh, even with a healthy Clyde Edwards Hilaire. But uh, Dallas, um, you know, another uh, great day from Dak Prescott. Uh, you know, he's going to win comeback player of the year. Don't argue with me because it's going to happen. Uh, that guy has looked absolutely phenomenal all year long, along with the Cowboys, along with Trayvon Diggs, who at this point is going to be an all pro corner. Uh, his sixth interception through five games this year on Sunday against uh, the Giants. Um, man, that guy this year, you know, had a nice year last year, but the way he's jumping routes this year, you could argue, you know, through the first five weeks of the season, he's the best corner in football. You know, he doesn't have the name like Jalen Ramsey, but he's playing better. <laughs> That's for sure. Dak Prescott, 302, three touchdowns. What's new? Ezekiel Elliott on the ground. You know, the workhorse, 21 carries, 110 yards and a touchdown. Um, Giants, they're in trouble. You know, Daniel Jones, bad, bad, bad concussion. Uh, he gets up from that concussion and almost falls back down again. The ref actually had to help uh, hold him up. That was a pretty disturbing situation there. Uh, the rookie from Florida, though, Kadarius Tony, ended up with 189 yards on 10 receptions before he got thrown out in the, early in the fourth quarter for throwing a punch. Uh, pretty smart uh, of him to do that there. But uh, hopefully the Giants have something in the young rookie, Kadarius Tony. I can tell you what, he can fly. and He's got the moves. Uh, Dallas handles that one easily, though. Um, Arizona and the 49ers on Sunday. Uh, Cardinals win that game 17-10. to uh, Pretty boring game. Uh, I always watch Arizona. <laughs> Kyler Murray, my fantasy quarterback. Big Kyler Murray fan. I'd definitely like to get to see, uh, watch a game live of him here in the next couple years. He is something to watch. Maybe the most exciting uh, quarterback in the NFL right now. But uh, he seems to have maybe the same exact arm issue he was having um, last season. Uh, under the shoulder there, uh, ball joint. I'm not sure exactly what it was last year. So, something under there, he was holding it, kind of trying to loosen it up like a pitcher would, you know, in between Indians if uh, their arm and uh, shoulder is bothering him. Uh, worry about, you know, his health through the rest of the year because last year, you know, Kyler Murray through the first eight weeks of the season was running away with MVP, got, you know, Hurt under there. I don't know exactly what that is. Is it lat muscle under there? Something along them lines. Hurt that last season, which is exactly what he was grabbing on Sunday. And he was never the same quarterback after that. Arizona ended up going 8-8. Eight and eight. But Cardinals out to 5-0. Uh, right now, through the first five weeks of the season, they're the best team in football. Uh, no doubt about it. You can't really argue that. Uh, they beat the 49ers 17-10. Trey Lance, uh, you know, do I think Trey Lance has a lot of promise? Do I think he's going to be a great, you know, top six, seven quarterback in the NFL someday? I do, but not right now. 
And I think Kyle Shanahan kind of, you know, having him start that game with Jimmy Garoppolo hurt, uh, it's kind of like, hey, world, I'm telling you all right now, and I'm right. Trey Lance is not ready yet. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo being there and being that starter, that's appropriate for the situation. Uh, he's the better quarterback, and he might be the next quarterback for, you know, the rest of this year and possibly the rest of next because Trey Lance right now, you know, his throwing motion, the way he reads, the way he's looking to run first, he's just not ready yet. And uh, like I said, I believe in the kid. I believe in Trey Lance. I think he's got special talent. He's got one heck of an arm. But right now, NFL game speed, he's not ready whatsoever. Uh, I'll tell you who is. That's Kyler Murray because uh, they're Super Bowl sleepers at this point here at 5-0. and uh, Oh, boy, the Bills and the Chiefs. Uh, this game, pure domination. Uh, I owe Josh Allen an apology last Thursday, you know, saying I don't think he's of the caliber of the Patrick Mahomes, the Aaron Rodgers, the Kyler Murray, the, you know, Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott, Tom Brady. He is, you know, I don't know where he ranks in there, but saying I have him behind all those guys um, <laughs> with the type of season he's having. Obviously, my take there is wrong. Uh, the Bills seem to be right now the favorites in the AFC uh, when you're talking Super Bowl. Uh, I wouldn't put them there. I'm never counting out uh, the Chiefs, even at 2-3. and three. They're still my Super Bowl pick. But, man, uh, if they're going to get there, they have got to figure something out on the defensive side of the ball. I don't think they could stop Alabama right now. I don't think they could stop Georgia right now on – on that side of the ball, the Chiefs almost have the worst-ranked defense in all of the NFL through the first five weeks of the season. Uh, they're kind of just sitting there as in like, oh, you know, Patrick will do it for us. Patrick Mahomes will take it. Well, he can't do it all by himself. Yeah, they have a good offense, but they uh, pretty much eliminated Kelsey as in the Bills' defense on Sunday night. And uh, Patrick Mahomes he threw two picks, two touchdowns, 272 yards threw the ball 54 times, only 33 completions. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, you know, he uh, – it's like he's – they got to have a run game, which they don't, to keep that defense off the field because it's so bad. Uh, but for Buffalo, you know, ever since their first week one hiccup against the Steelers, they have dominated every single team they've played. And uh, Buffalo, definitely uh, legit. They're not my Super Bowl pick. And they're not my pick to make it to the Super Bowl, but you, you can't discredit them. They're uh, they're playing a hell of a hell of a lot of good games right now. Um, Josh Allen's elite, uh, Stephon Diggs, that receiving core, Emmanuel Sanders, the veteran, been stepping up, and man, uh, there's something to look out for. Uh, last night, a very interesting game between the Colts and the Ravens. Uh, Colts had the Ravens down. Big time thought, you know, maybe this is where they turn the quarter and, and maybe, you know, start uh, taking control of that AFC South division, which is probably the worst division in football. But nope. Lamar Jackson comes back uh, in that game. You know, he threw 37 for 43, 442 yards and four touchdowns. Um, I personally – have have said it and discredited Lamar Jackson over time saying he can't throw. Uh, he could throw Monday night, I'll tell you that, 442 yards worth. Um, that's got to be about the best game he's ever played. Uh, Lamar Jackson, you know, 
that guy is the best runner of the football at the quarterback position I've ever seen, which that's not a hot take by any means because I think everybody knows that by now. But, you know, that guy is what a playmaker. Um, you know, brought them back from a double-digit uh, deficit. Uh, he's a gamer. He's a leader. The team believes in him. John Harbaugh loves him. Uh, John, Jim Harbaugh. I think it's Jim. Jim would be the Raiders and John would be the Michigan. But anyways, uh, Carson Wentz, he ended up throwing for 402 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, just couldn't get the job done. Melted down in the second half, had a couple three and outs, and uh, Baltimore and Lamar, they, they took advantage of it. Um, Mark Anders had uh, 11 receptions, 147 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, you know, that's uh seems to be Lamar's go-to guy, and it, it's been working out for him, uh, let me tell you. Uh, great week five, the uh, NFL season, very interesting. Uh, Dodgers tonight um, in the MLB, they're down uh, 2-1 in the series. As I said, Walker Buehler takes them out, uh, really hoping they can force a game five. From my perspective, obviously, dire Dodger fan. Um, that's about all I have for you guys today. Uh, I hope you enjoy the episode. I'll be back with you guys possibly tomorrow, uh, most likely on Thursday. Uh, everybody enjoy the rest of your uh, Tuesday afternoon, and I'll talk to you soon. This is Cade Quick here on the Quick Takes Podcast. Thanks, guys.